podcast is sponsored by Hot Click Marketing. You can follow on Twitter uh, at hot underscore click, or you can find them just by searching Hot Click Marketing. Thanks very much for their support that we can bring you this podcast. Now, I'm delighted to say that this edition of the podcast, which is a special one, I have with me a living legend of Manchester City, the youngest player ever to play for Manchester City, and that's still a record, and a man who's not only been a player, who's won trophies galore and had a fantastic career, but is still associated with a club um, whose grandson is now in the youth team and who was himself a coach of the youth setup and within Manchester City for many years. And that man is Glyn Pardo. And I suspect, Glyn, that you, and I think I know I'm going to, you're going to answer this, but um, do you consider yourself to be a living legend, as I certainly do. No, I mean, no, I mean it's only what people say. Isn't it? No, I mean, I've had a great, as you say, Ian, I've had a great career. I mean, a fantastic time at Manchester City. Still having a fantastic time at Manchester City. Um, with my grandson Tom now playing for the U team and looking good, it's a, a bonus at my time of life. Absolutely, but you, your career is a long one and I want to talk to you about lots of things that happened within your career. We'll perhaps come on to, to young Tommy a little bit later yeah, on. Yeah, no problem. But uh, as, a, as a kid, uh, what were your first memories? Uh, do you remember being a football fan from an early age and was City on your radar when you were a kid? No, not really, no. Uh, I can remember Brevard right back to when I started playing football at school at uh, about 10 or 11 and played for the school team. And then progressed each year, like you know, with the school team until I got to uh, mid Cheshire, which was uh, is the middle of Cheshire, and then I played for Cheshire, which is old to Cheshire, and then I played for England schoolboys. So I can remember it really well. Uh, yes, I've, I've always been, but my team was Wolverhampton in them days. I used to love Wolves. Uh, Bert Williams was it, and uh, I'm trying to think. Billy Bright, yeah. Ron Flowers, Peter Broadbent. They had some great players. So that was my first uh, choice, really, uh, as a kid supporting a team. And then as I got older, I rather joined City. And then Everton come in for me, and they were very, very, I wouldn't say, I don't know what the word is, they were very keen. I used to go there sometimes when my mum and dad on a Saturday to watch games. And uh, I was, de- I must be honest, was, I was in two minds, really, because... Uh, they looked after me brilliant, and then they changed manager. And they didn't, I'm not going to say names, <laughs> and I didn't fancy that manager. And then City, as you know, were all you know, they were all in for me and that sort of I thought, well, I'll go with you, City, with RL. So in the end, I changed Joe City. Well, you, you've mentioned RL a couple of times. You're talking about Alan Oakes, who's yes, your cousin. Right, so how much of an influence did he have then? Was, was he the reason he came to City? No, no, I would say he was the full reason, but it wasn't help. Yeah, it was a help, yeah. And uh, as I say, City were really, really keen as well. So, the, I mean, there was a, it, it was a friendly, nice club. Uh, the, the scout, uh, I can't think of his name now, he's an old fellow. What was his it name? It wasn't Harry Godwin back then. No, was it was before, before, before yeah. Harry, yes. Uh, Les McDowell was the manager. And George Poison, he was uh, very keen, George, and he was a nice fellow and he treated us very well. So, in the end, as I said, he said he'd done City. Before we talk about City then, just let, give me an idea of what you were like as a kid and, and what, what sort of person, like person you are really. Uh, as a kid, I was never in. Uh, I was one of them kids that was always out, always playing football, uh, summer cricket, 
Uh, we'd even make hockey sticks and play hockey, you know, a couple of sticks, stick them together. Cricket bats, we, we never had nothing in them days, to be honest with you. Cricket bat, we'd get a piece of wood and we'd get my dad or somebody to shave it into, or cut it into the shape of a cricket bat. I'll put anything up for stumps and play. And, and that was it, we had nothing really. We just, we just loved being out there. I mean, I, I was, as I said, I was never in. I'd go to school in the morning. I'd run home from school I mean, got my dinner down, put my shoes on, and we'd all be out at the top of the street playing football. And about 20 past one, we'd all run down, wash your hands, change your shoes, and go back to school. And that's how it was. Four o'clock came, in, quick biscuit or something, on the park. There till six o'clock at night. Didn't, oh, well, you had to come in for tea, you come in when you were ready. It was fantastic. I mean, we were never stopped. I was one of them and we used to build camps, you know, camps. We had some great camps on the fields because I live in the country and in them days it wasn't like it is now. It was brilliant. You could go on the fields, you could, do, you know, do anything. And uh, I, I mean, I had a great bringing you know. Mum and Dad looked after me. They were tremendous women. My Dad never said a word, hardly. My mum was the boss. <laughs> My Dad never said a word, but... Uh, I mean, he was great. And if he'd watched me come in, he'd go, I could have wafted that in with my cap. What were you doing? You know, I mean, he never really said a word to me, but it, what an upbringing. I wish kids, I'm, I'm not being, having to go at kids and parents to, uh, today, but I wish they could have been brought up and do what I did when I was a kid, because they'd really, really enjoy it. Did you always have a tremendous will to win? Because to be a successful athlete, football or cricket or whatever it is, there has to be something. So as a kid, did you always want to win and always oh, have that? Oh yeah, God, I don't know what you beat me at anything. <laughs> but I was a good loser. You know, if I lost, I'd shake your hand and say, well done, I think which is a, a secret really of getting on. Oh yeah, I mean, I used to run for mid-Cheshire, things like that, the schools and things like that. I broke all the records. What sort of distances were you I used in? to do the 100 to 200. Uh, at the school they said shot put uh, I can't jump. imagine your shot put yeah shot put long <laughs> jump relay I used to do everything you know everything I used to do at school and uh, as I say I never got beat once I mean some of the tales really I, I, we used to have great with the teachers Mr Evans he was a teacher and, uh, and he was you know he used to take you and they used to take you I mean they don't do it today after school, when the athletic season was coming, they used to take us up to the fields, the school field, take all the, you know, all the school, and have a look, see what you could do if you were running, if you were jumping, or we had a little girl, June Clark, or was it not June, I forget that, she could throw the jab in a mile, you know. But they used to take you there and stay with you for an hour, two hours after school, and sort out and teach you. Mr. Stringer, he was fantastic. I mean, him, Mr. Stringer, Mr. Evans, used to take me with England schoolboys. They'd go, and I'd go up to where we were playing, and they would come, take me up there, stay in the hotel, and then bring me back. I mean, they wouldn't do that today. No way would they do that today. And that's how it was. It was like a big family. I mean, I knew everybody at our school. I bet they wanted a kid, in the, you know, like from 11 to 15. But they wanted a kid in the school I didn't know. Because it was all... It was all a family, and it was fantastic. I mean, if you got in trouble at school, you, you couldn't 
tell your mum and dad, well, you have to tell them. Because you'd walk in, I'd walk in like two weeks after, walk through the door and my mum would go, boom! And I'd go, what's that for, mum? She said, well, you in tr uh, trouble at school a couple of weeks ago. I said, what do you mean? She said, oh, Mrs. Clark or Mrs. Thingy's told me. <laughs> you, and that was that's how it was. But it was great because everybody knew everybody. And you, if you got in trouble, you got punished for it. Because everybody had said, you know, they didn't know who you were. And as I say, the teachers, I mean, they were fantastic. I mean, they couldn't do enough for you. I mean, we used to go in Mr. Evans's car and I used to put about eight in the car when we go and play, you know, <laughs> night matches at the other school. You know, things like that. Never happened now, would it? No, no. That's, I don't know. It's a changed world. And people, kids don't seem to want to do that anymore, do they? I mean, I would love to go back to that when I was a kid. It was fantastic. Were you an only child? Or you I was an only child, Ian, yeah, but uh, I had our rallies older than me. But I did see a lot of him when I was young. And he had the younger brother, Terry. He's just a bit older than me, so I, I saw Terry quite a lot. Uh, Ken, he was a bit older and had a few more cousins, Andrew and all them and Tim. And, you know, so my mum and dad had a big family. Well, Even not my mum and me, mum's mum and dad. They had a big family, they had about eight, about eight, I think it was about 11 kids, something like that. So I had that me, aunts and uncles, and uh, we had a little small holding. It was it me, Uncle Norman, so I can't, we had a little small holding behind my grand's house, and it had fruit trees, you know, and the shipping, we had, big, we had a big sow in there, and Uncle Jack, he had cows in the little field there. It was brilliant, and uh, my Uncle Norman used to say, come on, I'll teach you how to climb trees. And we'd climb up the tree trees, they were massive. And he'd be up there at the top with us teaching us, you know, put your foot there, look for this, look for... Th I mean, you, you wouldn't get that today, would you? You know, it, it's, it's not the same. And we used to have races on the field. Remember, he had Cameron in against my Uncle Arthur. I thought my Uncle Arthur was going to die when he finished the line. He went bright green. <laughs> you know, but then we had great fun riding on that. I used to ride on the cells back. It was fantastic. Now, I mean, I shouldn't say, but we used to go ratting, you know, with the dog pad, pour water at one end, and the rats would come out the other, he'd be waiting for them. And, oh, I mean, I don't know, don't know if that's right or not, but we used to love it here. It was fantastic. What an upbringing. The era you grew up in, and you've painted this picture now of a fantastic adventure in the countryside in leafy Cheshire, um, is different than it is now, of course. Oh, but of course. when you came then into the world of football and you came into a big city like, like Manchester and you were only a kid, you know, you were 15 yeah. when you made your debut for City, yeah. um, did, was that a big culture shock for you to come from that world to this or was it not that No, different? not really, because when I'd finished, I always went home. You know, no matter how many years I was here, since I played football, I've done this, I always went back to home. So it wasn't a big culture shock, really. And uh, well, when you go there, I mean, you got him with Fred, and there's a lot. John Clay was there, one of Mike Doyle, and all the lads that you know they were there. They were great lads. We all mixed in, and we had no problem. We, I mean, we went into town to Lewis's for lunch sometimes, and no, it was great. It didn't want the culture shock. It was just. Just the way life was, I'm afraid, I think. I assume that when you started, you would have come across somebody like Bert Troutman at oh. the end of his legendary status. So you were a kid, he was a fully grown legend almost oh, by yes. then. How did, how did he relate to you? How did you relate to him or other players like that? Brilliant. I mean, the older players, were. I thought they were fine. I mean, they kept you in your place. You know, you couldn't do what you wanted, you know what I mean? I, play on, I played on a Wednesday night once, 
and on the Thursday morning, I'm knocking on the door to get in again in the first team dressing room. I mean, you you go for going and you walk in and somebody beat one of me sat in the corner and you haven't seen me. Where are you going? I was just going. Have you did you knock? Oh, oh sorry. So he went back. You knock on the door. No answer. So he just walk. He just walk off and wait till they come. You know, if you did anything wrong, you put the kit in the bag. You just throw it out and tell you. You know. Thinking, I remember Bert. I mean, Bert, I've always got my Bert, he's been fantastic to be me. Bert, uh, I remember going in the boot room, I mean, the boot room, you know, cleaning boots, we had, which we had to do. And uh, Jimmy Redders came in, was it? No, what Bert came in, didn't he? He said, Glenn, I said, Are you Bert? You all right? He said, Yeah, just let the shot for me, will you? But didn't get a camera of his sandwiches or whatever it was, I don't know. So I said, Yeah, of course I can, Bert. You know, I'm not going to say no to Bert, am I? So I go off, run back. Come back, Jim Mendes in the dress in the boot room, really. Where have you been? I said, I've been getting dingy for birds. He said, well, Why don't you tell him to off? I said, Am I willing to tell Bird from off? I said, He battered me, he battered me, you know, but he was great, Bird. I mean, ever since I played with him and all the years with the old players and things like that, uh, he had a dinner at the club when he was, uh, when he was, was it? Oh, this one wanted for something, and he invited me and my family, me and my wife there. I've always had a great thing with Bert, and I think he's a, he was a great fella. Well, he was a legend. He was um, a legend than me. <laughs> well, I, I think you're on the same level myself, but yeah. anyway, um, at the age of 15 and so many days, you get your... So you've obviously been playing in the youth team and yeah, the, the B and A and all the rest yeah. of the teams that they had then. Did you know that you were close to making a first-team debut? No, not a clue. How did that come about then? Did you, did you get a just phone call or was it...? Just come out of the blue, didn't it? Uh, I think it was Bert that told me I was playing in the first team. That, it just come out of the blue. No, I didn't know Ian. I mean, it wasn't like it is today. The press wasn't there all the time and things weren't... You know what I mean? You know before us now. <laughs> I mean, not before the players, what's happening. But in them days, it was totally different. No, I didn't know. But uh, it was great. Were you nervous? I mean, I, I would imagine that at just less than 16, you wouldn't be nervous. No, that's right. You're not at that age, you're not nervous. I mean, uh, I've never been nervous. I, well, a little bit, but nothing to put, you know what I mean, to bother about. And uh, I think that's like in life. I mean, my girls, were well, my two girls, I was never bothered what they did if you were playing or things like that. But when our grandchildren come along, I was, you know, Totally different sort of, not protective, but what they're doing, you know what I mean? A different sort of attitude to, to your own children and things like that, because you worry more about them. Did they, when, once you made your debut and you were playing, did you get uh, senior players taking you under the wing, mentoring you, or were you just left to fend for yourself? Uh, well, when I was playing, I remember scoring a goal, and Ray Sambry come up, walking back to the half-line, put his arm around me and said, Good goal, son, he said, but you'll have to improve a bit of it. you have to be a lot quicker. And <laughs> but no, they didn't talk to you like it is today. Like we used to, when we were coaching, we talked to them and, you know, and try and explain things or, you know, try and, but they didn't do it in them days. No, there was no real coaching, really, not in them days. Given that we've got young players now in football making the debuts, but nobody still made the debut for City anyway, any younger, is that a record that matters to you or are you proud of or do you I'm see proud. it being broken? I'm proud of it, Ian, but I, I always say it doesn't matter what you've done because 
keep it within yourself and don't get over thingy about it, you know, be because at the end of the day, in another, I always say, John Williams, I always say to John, well, in a thousand years, John, nobody knew who the hell we were. So, you know, I'm proud of it, but at the end of the day, it, it, no, it doesn't really matter in a way, Ian, does it? You know, I mean, all the career great medals and things like that, it's good for me and my family. But in, as I say, in a thousand years, nobody knew who it is. So just take it in your stride and don't get up there about it. Once you got into City's first team, you, you achieved so much, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about all that, but first of all, positionally, were you always going to be a full-back? Did you play in different positions? Oh, God, yeah. I started on a centre-forward, as you know. Uh, I used to play centre-forward, used to play, in them days, was inside-forward, used to play wing-half, used to play right-wing, left-wing. That's the only place I think I hadn't played before I played there, was full-back. Every other position I'd played. Not a problem. You know, and as I say, I played everywhere, all through the team. And I could play it there anyway. Luckily, I could play any of my right wing, left wing, and I could play all them positions. That just come by accident. Uh, West Brom in midweek, I think it was a League Cup game. And uh, we hadn't got a full back. I don't know, it was Cliff. I think Cliff was in Monty then. And uh, he just come to me, Joe and Malcolm, said, Look, we're struggling, and she said, you know, you play everywhere, you know. Could you give us a game at West Brom at left back? Well, I only wanted to play, didn't I? I didn't bother where I was playing, so I said, yeah, of course, can kind of, you know, it helps out. Anyway, I went and played. I think we got beat that day, I'm not sure. And then uh, Saturday come, and he said, oh, I'm keeping you there, Saturday, we play Spurs. And it was Robertson, was it, the winger? Was it, I'm not sure where, it was Scottish one, but I mean, he was the right winger. And uh, he said, well, you know, you'll be all right, won't you? I said, yeah, no problem. I'll never, I'll never give him a kick. So that was it. After that, and uh, I stayed there until, well, I used to, I played league, uh, midfield in the League Cup in tie final because we were struggling again for a player. So good old Glenn, you can play anywhere, we'll put him in there, <laughs> he'll be all right. And I was, you know. And, I played in a few different positions, you know, and it, it didn't bother me because I could play, I could play anywhere. Ian. It did, you know, I, I could even play goalkeeper, but I don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> you're right-handed, right-footed. I'm right-handed, right-footed. So, right -handed, right -footed. <laughs> and left. I was going to say you're two-footed. Yeah, really, I'm but a, yeah, I'm a natural right-footer and natural right-handed. Which, which in the modern era might be changing a little bit. You get obviously wingers who play on the opposite side, but left full-backs, right full-backs. You know, like Kyle Walker, like Benjamin Mendy in, in the current team, are traditionally right-footed, left-footed. Did you see the fact that you were very strong on the wrong foot for a left-back, if you know what I mean, was an advantage, disadvantage? I think it was an advantage. Because when balls are coming into the box and you're coming onto them, if it's your natural foot, you can get them away, get them away better. You know, it, I thought it was an advantage, to be honest, because as long as you can use your left foot, it doesn't matter. You know, and, and now the well, it's a different game now. Ian. I mean, I'd love play today because I won't have to defend. <laughs> I spend all my time on their half. You know what I mean? We had to defend. We had to play. You know, sometimes two against one. Two against one. Yeah. So. Uh, so in that team that that you played in, this I can almost imagine eventually anyway a certain team that you played in. 
uh, and we all, certainly the older generation, remember that team so fondly. Were the players in that team, did you have clicks? Were, were the mates of yours that you yes, associated with more than they, others? Yes, of course there was. Uh, they used to call us the Big Four. It was Doyley, Alan Oakes, uh, Colin Bell and me. We used to, do, we used to golf from that together. When we used to get all the other lads, I mean, and then it was Franny and all them there, but some of and they were more pally than we, you know, together. Yeah, but us four were always, uh, I wouldn't say it was a clique, but always for playing golf and always sat together on the train or in the coach or, yeah, so, but uh, we, we all got with each other. Knowing your Alan, as I do a little bit, and not as well as you, obviously, and knowing how quiet he is, knowing Colin very well and knowing how quiet he is, Knowing that you were an only child, and although you sound quite gregarious and, and fulsome when you're talking to me, I, I think you're quite shy oh, as well. Quite, yes, was I that was that why you drew to each other? Probably was, yeah. It probably was, yeah. Well, Alan being my cousin, we used to travel together, didn't we? So, and Colin say Colin was quite, and Donnie was a bit more mouthy than us. Well, he was the exception. I was the exception. Well, he was four, yeah. But no, it was used to get on. It was tremendous, yeah. We used to play cards together, arts going on the train or things like that. And as I say, we used to golf together. And Alan and me used to invite him down to the Sandywell Golf Club to play, you know, and when we got the open day there, like it, yeah. But uh, we got on well with everybody, really. You won a lot of trophies. You won a, a, a first European trophy came for City in 1970. People who look at the modern era now said City have got no history, never won, you know won a European trophy in 1970. When you look back now on your career, and I'm sure you've been asked this a lot of times, is the one thing, whether it be a trophy, a game, just some bit of camaraderie that you think of as the highest moment, the, the moment you enjoyed the most? No, not really. I, uh, I enjoyed it all. I don't think you can single anything, anything out in your career, you know, that you've you know, I mean, they scored the winning goal in the League Cup, but it's still, it's still all, I think it's all together. You know, I mean, the hardest thing to win is the league. I think that's the biggest achievement we had. I mean, you, I've only got win so many cups for the FA Cup, League Cup, and the European Cup. So I'll say that was the hardest thing to win. But looking back, no, there's no highlight in that. I mean, I'm, uh, my, to me, my highlight's my family. So the fact that you scored a winning goal in a League Cup final uh, doesn't doesn't make it special. The fact that coming back from Newcastle with uh, I know that you stopped halfway, didn't you? Not yeah, like these yeah, days. No, yeah. that those aren't those aren't things that particularly stand out for you. No, not no. You know, I mean, I mean, they did in then. Then, I mean, you thought well, great and all that, but when you get older, you start to change a little bit, don't you? And you think, as I said to you before, you know, it, it's great when it happens, but. At the end of the day, it's gone. You know, once we've won that, it's gone. So it's nice to remember it, and it's love to be remembered for it. But it, uh, as I say, I do. I'm proud of it, but it doesn't ruin my life. Now, on the other side of that, and I think I know what your answer will be because I spoke to you about it before. But what was the lowest point in in your career? Lowest point in my career is probably breaking my leg. I think that probably the lowest point. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, that set me back altogether, didn't it? But uh, then again, as I say, I broke it and I've got over it and uh, I've still got it on. I could have lost it. I was in 30 minutes of losing it, so 
you know, I've got to be thankful that I've still got my leg. I haven't got full movement in my ankle, but uh, it's there, and I'm, I'm really happy. That moment was in a derby match, wasn't That's it? Right, yeah. do, do you remember that? Do you think back to that? I can that remember it, yeah. it was such a significant moment, oh, not in football, it. but in your life. Yeah, I, can, I can remember that, yeah, going into a tap, you know, kicking the ball away, and my foot was on the ground next minute, Bestie jumped at me, he caught me there, and I felt it go. It just snapped completely. Yeah, I remember it as clear as a bell. I've obviously spoken to Colin Bell about the injury that exactly, effectively headed yeah. his career, Martin Buchan in a derby, yeah, ironically as well. As well yeah. and, and although he came back and you came Maybe back, um, you were never the same. Oh, never not? the same. No, never the, really the same. You know? I mean, I got back to a good standard again, but it was never really the same, no. Do you blame I mean, you mentioned Bestie. Do, do you mention? Do you blame him? Did you did you talk to him afterwards? Did you? No, did he? Uh, it's it's difficult to say. If my leg had been in the air, I'd have been all right. I'd have got away with a bruise or something. But because it was, you know, it, I mean, it was a bad. It was a real bad challenge. But it's difficult to break people's legs. If you said to me, I was playing against you, break your leg. I, I could try for ninety minutes and not break it. You know what I mean? Which, uh, which was sad, really. As I say, I had a lot of trouble with it, you know, for the first, like, 36, 72 hours, you know, where they'd not been able to, they couldn't set it in there because of veins and everything. So they had to watch me all that time for ages. I didn't come round a lot, but it's gone in. I, I, I don't worry about things. Once they've happened to me and I've accepted it, it's gone. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, I had a heart attack, didn't I, when I was 60? And uh, I was in hospital and I just went. i just gone completely. They had to bring me back. But my missus is still upset about that. She's still, you know, every time I go out, she's on the phone where I, you know, she worries about it. But as it's gone for me, I don't give a monkey sort of thing. You know what I mean? I don't worry about it. It's gone, finished. I've got to get over life. And yeah, I know you're quite an emotional person. Oh, I'm an emotional and, person. And it must yeah. have uh, affected you more than perhaps you, 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 you're letting us know yeah, now. Yeah, it did. But I, I get that, that's a defence yes, mechanism, isn't it? I think it, it? it did, yes. I think it did, because I'm an emotional person. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm a family man, really. Deep down, I'm a family man. I love my family. Uh, football's great. Don't get me wrong, it's been great for me, but... At the end of the day, it's my family that matters. Eventually, you had to hang your boots up, as all players do. Yeah. And uh, I did a bit of commentary the other day, and I remember thinking, and I didn't play like you did, but I remember thinking, because I've heard so many players say, not playing is terrible. Whatever you do after that is never as good. And it was a bit like that for me, I mean, commentating. Yeah, right, yeah. I've done it for a while. Was it like that for you? Yeah. Is there anything that can compare to being a footballer? Luckily, as I say, coaching and going in every day, is vir- well, it's not the same, but it's virtually the same. So did that happen naturally? Was yes, that something I, you planned? Or? No, not really. That just come naturally. That just come in the city naturally. And uh, I loved it. It was great. Because I could join in, you know, as coaching, I'd join in and play. And, you know, things like that. So, it, it, in a way, it, it was brilliant. If I'd have gone and bump or gone out of the game, it might have been a different effect. But because I stayed in it and was coaching for a bit, was it... Heck, I was coaching as long as I was playing. So it, it was great, it, you know, and I really enjoyed it. 
So you became a mentor. You became one of those people that bring on young yes, players. Try to anyway. And you had some stars oh, that you brought some, through, didn't you? We've had some great players through, haven't we? All the years I've been there. I mean, the first lot was uh, Brighty, wasn't it? Redmond, Andy Inchcliffe, Lakey. Uh, I can't remember all the bloody names now. Brightwell. You know, we, I mean, we had some David White, we had, uh, Ian Scott, Paul Bolden. We had some great lads. And then uh, we've, I got, was lucky to have another good team, Gerald Taggart and all them. We got to the final of the youth again, got beat by uh, Watford. 2-1, I think it was, on aggregate. I mean, we had some great players then as well. So it's great, and you, you, you join in, and you, you can... I always think if you're, you're lucky, you can go and join in, and I think it helps that you can show them. You make it sound as if everything you did was just natural and easy. I'm, I suspect there's probably a lot more work goes oh, into it. Stories. You and you and Tony Buck were a partnership in that's that right. sense, weren't you? Yeah, we were, we were a great partnership. Tony was the hard man, and I was the one that put her arm around him and said, "Hey, I'm on it. Don't worry about Tony. He's only interested in you, you know." And, and I used to talk him around like, but uh, but that's it. It's brilliant talking to kids and. And you know, they listen to you. Well, they did in them days anyway. I don't think they do today, but it was brilliant. And we got on great with the lads. You know, we're like, uh, like me and you were talking. You know, I, I used to talk to the kids. And when I see them now, I talk to them like you. If I'm just met them yesterday, you know, it's like the lads, all the old lads, Belly and all them, and Franny and some of them. When I see them, it's like being in the dressing room 50 odd years ago. I talk, we talk like that. We've been there. You know, it was the same day we were in there. You obviously were part of the, the organisation, the coaching staff behind the Youth Cup winning team. And that a lot of those players went into the first team and were part of the 5-1 against United, for example. That's right, yeah. Uh, when Andy Inchcliffe's putting his hand and up and all the rest of it. Did that, well, you, I presume you were at that game, did yeah. that give you a lot of pride? The yeah, fact of course that it does, it gives you pride. Yeah, of course it does. Uh, you know, no matter what you do when you're coaching, you know what I mean, you can tell them this, that and the other. But when they cross the line onto the pitch, it's up to them. I can't help them. I mean, I've gone in at half time and I've said to somebody, you know, don't do that, do this, do, you know, don't forget, don't do that. Maybe it's because it's dead, you know. And you go out and about 30 seconds after you've just done what, you've, done what you've not told them, you know what I mean, you've done the opposite. So, you know, you, you can only tell people and think, encourage them and give them confidence really that's the thing i think is giving them confidence in their own ability and tell them to go out there and enjoy it because if you don't enjoy playing football you've no chance you've always been a very humble person and i'm sure that comes over to anybody who's listening to this who's never had the pleasure of sitting here like this with you that i have uh, but at the beginning of the era of, and you, we've talked about technology before we started filming yeah, yeah, did, and, yeah. and, and recording this, but there was an era when video first came in, and you, I remember you sitting next to me on the on the TV gantry at Main Road commentating. That was another side of it. I mean, it, it's something that footballers do a lot more normally, naturally, if you like now, summarise and get in the media. And although you did it a little bit with me, I don't know if you remember those days, yes, climbing up onto yeah, that gantry. <laughs> but was that something that would have you'd have wanted to do more of if, the, if it had been this era? Uh, no, not really. I enjoy it, but uh, no, because I think you get a bit. Uh, what can I say? You start getting a bit negative. I think about you know about the game and people and things like that. You know, because you see it from your point of view. Now the the game's changed completely. 
I mean, I watching City play now and watching the old teams when I played, it's a totally different game. So, and I, I, I don't believe in uh, all this. You should do this. They they doing this. They, all the headlines and that. I don't. I I just switch that off now. Ian, to be honest, have an opinion. Let people have their opinion, and you make your own mind up. But I don't want people telling me it should be this, it should be that, we should deal there. Because I don't agree with that. Because I don't go up to anybody else and say, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. You know, let people do it their own way. I'm going to ask you a question then, which is an opinion question. But your era City team versus Pep's yes. modern team, who'd win that game? Who'd win that game? <laughs> well, it's, an, it's impossible no, to it's answer impossible, it, it? It's a different game here, as I just said. We played it entirely different than those. I mean, the pitches, the tackling, everything was totally, totally different. I mean, if they went back, if they could, we could just swap to them to that area, I don't think they, they would beat us, in, not in our area. Because we would tackle them, you know what I mean? They'd wonder what the hell would happen because it's a different game. In this area, I don't know. Because we would, mind you, I suppose, if they were, brought up in the area, they'd be all right, wouldn't they? It's, it's impossible, really, isn't it? Because if we played on pitches like that, what a team we would have been as well. So you can't really say, can you? It's, no, no, it's, it's, it's impossible. It's, it's, it's really sort of impossible. I mean, I was watching, <laughs> like, watching the golf to the Grand Tiger Woods to the fan, you know, I mean, what he's done is fantastic. And then he says, he's the greatest, this is the greatest, that. He's a great golfer, but would he have been as great back then when Nicholas and them were playing? You know, you, it, it different areas, and people ask you, like, who's the best player you've seen? And you think, well, I think probably Pelly, but you can't compare. It's impossible to compare. So now I'm going to ask you to compare Pelly with Messi. Uh, different players. <laughs> totally different players. Messi's more of a runner, isn't he? More of a, what I call a dribbler and dinghy. Pelly, he, he had everything, didn't he? He could tackle, he had two great feet, he could head a ball, you know, but who's to say he's the best player? I mean, Pessy's doing it for Barcelona, isn't he? And probably did it for them, so you can't really, as I say, it's difficult to compare. You've already mentioned that in your group of close friends at the time at City were Mike Doyle, Alan Oakes, your cousin, yeah. Colin Bell. Yeah. Mike Doyle, of course, uh, is something that you still have a connection to, even though we've lost Mike, yeah. um, through your mutual grandson. Yeah. When you were players, were you particularly close? I mean, you yeah, well, obviously ended up marrying... Yeah, we were, we were, we were probably the closest, yeah, of the all, you know, two players, because uh, we used to go up there, me and Pat, I was close to Cheryl as well, so we used to go up to the... Uh, up to the uh, Mum and Dad's, we spent a lot of time up there, weekends and things like that. So, I mean, they, we were probably the first to see all these kids born. After these kids were born, we were probably the first to see them. Did you just explain for people who don't know the connection, because you have Tommy, Tommy and Doyle Tommy is your grandson. Tommy Doyle is my daughter's and Scott's uh, eldest son. So Mike's they, son, your daughter. My daughter. They got married and that's Tom, that's where Tom comes in, yeah. And that shows how intertwined your family well, yeah, were because of the been, friendship right. with Mike. That's right, because, uh, I mean, it just come, that come out of the blue. I mean, our Charlotte was, ooh, she was, well, I'm going to say she was getting on, but she, she wasn't that young, you know what I mean? And then uh, we went to our holiday 
and we come back and she was her and Scott were getting together and that was it then it, it went so you and Doyle I'm talking about Mike oh, here my, yeah. what, what, what do you make what do you make of that yeah lovely <laughs> I mean I've got another daughter and she got she got I mean I've been with Pat since I was 14 and a half my wife's in school and now Vanessa's been with Russell her husband the same so you know I mean I've always been I accept it I was, you know that and when you come over, who's that there talking to her? Vanessa, that's just Russell. So I always see lad like that. It didn't bother me, and you know what I mean? I, they have to get on with their own life, don't they? Absolutely. And, uh, and it happened with Scott and Charlotte, and it all turned out good. Well, it's turned out very good, looking at it from my point of view as a City fan, yeah. and wanting to see the name of Mike Doyle, Doyle and Luke Pardo continue. And now young Tommy is in the first, well, not the first team quite, but the youth team. Yeah. What a pressure he has now with two granddads like you two. Do you not feel a bit guilty? <laughs> no, not really. He's carrying Mike's name and everybody, yeah. well, not everybody, but most people know yeah. you're the other grand. Yeah, um, no, and he, he doesn't bother about it. He, he says he's better than us anyway, so, you know, I mean, uh, he's a great lad. He's, he's got his head screwed on. But... Luckily, in, in a way, he's been brought up with it because he's always come to the club and he's always, you know, he was at City when he was about five, something like that, the academy, and he's always come and he's always talked to the lads and things like that, you know. And he's a great character. He's, a, you know, he's a real, a real nice, he's a bit, what can I say? I don't know. He's, he's a nice lad. He's, he's determination. I've never seen anybody with it. I mean, I've seen a lot of lads with determination, but his is better than anybody you've seen, without a doubt. And he's, oh, he, I mean, he can play. But if anybody's going to make it because they want to make it, he's got a great chance. But he's, you know, he, he, he mixes with the lads and that. I remember he was playing here at so the academy, and he was taking the corner or something, and he, I don't know, they got a score or something, and Joe was there. And he said to Joe, oh, yeah, Joe, you're all right. And she's taking the corner. And Joe said, you're all right. And he said, you want to save that, would you? <laughs> Joe, Joe Corrigan. To George or you. you know? <laughs> but Joe, I mean, he, he, he was laughing at that. But he's he is a great lad. He, I mean, he's, uh, oh, I don't know what you can say about him. He, he's, got, he's got the ability. He's got the attitude. So when, when he keeps he, his head, you know, he keeps his head. I presume that, I mean, obviously we lost Mike a few years it's ago, but Mike would have seen Tommy and been with him when he was a, a young kid, so would you. Were, were you, did you see in this little three or four year old well, a, a potential footballer? Well, when he, uh, when he was born, he was born, he lived about 800 yards from where I lived when he was born, Tommy. So... Uh, uh, Scott and Charlotte had to work, so Pat used to look after Tommy, you know, when, when they'd gone to work and things like that. And when I come home from, you know, the, when I come, I used to kick a ball with him and play and that, and he would only be about four or five, I can't remember now, and I, I was playing with him by the back door, you know, kicking balls and things like that, and dribbling he was, he was like a little whippet dribbling and that, and the ball went over to the, towards the pond at the far side. So he toddled off, get the ball, and Pat come to the door, she said, you all right? I said, he's got some. Then I said, he's got some. Straight away, honestly, he got it, you could see it in. He'd got some, and you can see, well, I can, well, I'm not saying they're perfect, but I can see if somebody gets a ball, I think you can see they've got it. 
and they come back and uh, I used to play well against one another and I'd never win because I hit the ball and I scored the goal and he's like, oh no, that's not a goal, Grandad. I said, why is it? Oh, that's an old goal. I said, what's, what's an old goal? You haven't scored. So he said, I spent half the time, I had no goals and hit the post and oh, I mean, it was brilliant. I used to really enjoy it. And his dad, I mean, I used to play with him all his life in the battle hall, in the lawn and in the gardens. All my life I've kicked a ball and played with him. And Scott, as Scott got a bit more time off, he used to play with it. He played with him as well. So he's had plenty of practice, believe me. So when he's leads out or he's part of that team in the Youth Cup fan, you're going to be the, and especially oh, when he comes to maybe make a first team debut, yeah, you're brilliant. going to be the proudest man oh, in the world, be, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. I'll be proud, but his man will be even prouder. Because uh, he loves uh, his, nan, his nan, bloody loves him, and he loves his nan. I mean, she'll text him when he texts his back within two seconds, I text him. It's three years before he comes back to me. You know, he's, he's, a, fa he's a family lad. It's a shame, it is. I mean, he's a family lad like I am. It's a shame, I mean, he's missed out all these years on, you know, on Tommy, like, and as I said to you before, it's a bonus, isn't it, to me? I mean, I've footballed all my life, and now I've got somebody you can look forward to to watch. Hopefully for another, I don't, well, I don't know how long I've got, but you know what I mean, and I'm, you know, it's going to be great. Well, obviously, we wish, um, as we're recording this now, it's ahead of that Youth Cup final, we wish Tommy all yeah, the best win, success yes, in win, that. Yeah. How do you feel about the way that, you know, I'm not talking about the football so much now, uh, although you can talk about that as well if you want, but the club has changed tremendously, oh, tremendously from, from the old yeah. main road days, from the, and you were growing up as a kid with eight squashing into a car. I mean, I know that wasn't City, yeah. but the world has changed. changed yeah. how, how do you look on the way that City have changed? Uh, do you, do you see it as something for the better? Are there downsides to it? What, what, what's your view of it all? Oh, well, it's got to be better because it's more modern, isn't it? They've got better conditions. They look after the players better. Well, I wouldn't say they look after them better, but they're better off. You know what I mean? They're, they've got great pitches. They have everything done for them and things like that. I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, but I, I, I don't think it, it be, it's quite as friendly as it used to be. You know what I mean? It's a lot of uh, there's more people involved, isn't there? When I was at City, we had that picture. I don't know if you ever saw that picture. It was about twenty-seven people, and that was it. On the forecourt, on the forecourt, yeah. Right? It's twenty-seven. I don't know, twenty-seven doctors. Never mind that. You know what I mean? So it has changed that way. So it's just all... to explain that to people who don't know what we're talking about. There was a picture taken on the forecourt of the main right. road. It was in the Peter Swales era when he was chairman, and it had basically had all the staff, staff. And, the right. players, and the players all on the picture, um, and you know the cleaners. It didn't matter who yeah, it, was. it was. If you did that now, you'd oh. have to hire Wembley, wouldn't you? Well, you'd have to find the, find the pitch, <laughs> wouldn't you? That's what I'm saying. It's changed that way. I think there's all different departments now, isn't there? Which, as you you know, like security that I mean that's changed doesn't it I mean at Main Rock Lincoln that you could walk in anybody could walk in you know that's I understand it I mean it's got to change hasn't it because it's totally totally different but uh, I find, I mean I think this club is still friendly but it, it's not quite as friendly as it was and it, it, it change, as you say it changes could you have imagined back then that I mean I know that United haven't always been top dogs, Liverpool haven't always been top dogs, there's been different eras of different teams, and City, in your era as a player, were very much 
as much as top dogs as anybody winning the league, the FA Cup, yep. the League Cup, the European Cup Winners' Cup. But this new era of attempting to dominate the world, let's face it, with uh, different clubs all over the world and uh, global expansion, you could never have imagined that this would happen. Oh, no, could you? No, I couldn't have never imagined the game would like it has. Not in a million years. It's, as I say, so different, isn't it? I mean, the money side has changed it completely, entertaining really. It's the money side that's changed it. And I understand why they want to do all these different things and that. Good luck to us. You know, good luck to any club who wants to do things like that. It's great. But as you say, it's completely and utterly changed. What, I mean, about, what about like things like Peter Swales was... Um, you know, a television salesman, I think, um, who came in and obviously there was the Alexander um, family who, who were running the club before that. And now there's a sheikh in Abu Dhabi who owns the club. Um, how do you feel about that? And obviously a lot of criticism is thrown towards well, of course, City about, well, about all well, the money that's been well, spent. Well, that's uh, made a big difference to City, hasn't it? I don't mean not just on the field and, you know, I mean off the field. People are, I don't know, the because we're successful, we've got money, they, they, they want to knock us all the time. Whereas when we were our old city, oh, good old city there, you know what I mean? But now we've got there and we're dominating and things like that. Although the clubs have spent loads of money. We're not the only one that's spent loads of money. And uh, I don't get people, mate. But that's football, isn't it? It is. You know, that, that is football. The people are there to knock you. No matter how good or how bad you were, no matter how good a player you were, or how good the team was, as soon as you start not doing it, boom, they've hit you, they're at you. And it'll never change. Uh, it, it, it's, it's life, isn't it? It'll it never change that yet. It, it's a shame, really, because we're a great club. I mean, look at the facilities we've got and everything. We're a tremendous club. You know, we're a top, we're as top a club as anybody, I think. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, so, you know. <laughs> But people will knock us now because, as we were before, well, I don't understand it. So what would you change if you could go back and live your life again? Would you change anything? Mm, not breaking my leg would be one, I think, isn't it? Uh, no, nothing really. No, no, don't, not breaking my leg. That, that did, that did well, I wouldn't say her, but it didn't knock me back. No, if I hadn't done that, mate, uh, no, nothing really. Uh, as I say, I've had a great life here. You know, and I've got a great family, I've had a great family, and I've still got a great family. I still have a great life, I've got my grandson to look forward to. Uh, so, you know, to me, life's tremendous. Is there anything left with what you've got ref left of your life? And this is something I ask about myself. Anybody at any age could ask this question, so it's not meant as no. an ageist question, but is there anything that you still want to do, achieve, whether it be personal or always mm. city? No, not right, not now. Really. I just want my grandson to achieve what he can. Achieve better than what I did. I just love him to win more things than I did. Uh, other than that, I just hope my family keeps well and, uh, and that I do me, because I'm quite happy, you know, I'm quite happy. Uh, it's not about me now, it's about, you know, it's about Tom and that now. He's taken over from my mantle and my smile. So it's great. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm nothing that I want to achieve really. Just keep going. I mean, personally, I'd love to see City win the Champions oh, League, yeah, for example. Of course, yeah. Is that do the lot then, wouldn't oh, it? Oh yeah, I'd love, oh, I'd love to win them all four this year. I'd love City to go and win the Champions. I'd love to win every year, you know, and that's that'd be great. 
But you can't, you can't expect that, can you? But that would be great, of course it would. Well, all I want to say to conclude this interview is that I'm sure I speak on behalf of all City fans who want, would, want, if they were sat here with me now, would want to say thank you for everything you've done as a player, as a coach, as a grandfather. As a grandfather, yeah, as a grandfather. <laughs> the whole lot, really, because you uh, feel as if sometimes you're, you're a little bit of an unsung hero, but as far as I'm concerned, you are an absolute legend of this football club. So thank you, Glenn. It's okay, and as I say, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a quiet person, really. I mean, uh, I'm a, a country lad, and uh, I love going back to where I live. You know, I mean, I love coming to Manchester and watching them, you know, the lads and watching the kids. I like watching the kids more now from the, the first team because of the situation. But uh, I love my life, I love my family, and as long as they're okay, everybody's all right, I'm happy.